Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and it is time to address something that I've known about for a while now. And I guess this is really the place because I feel like those of you that are into the stuff that I do, this is the spot where the ones that care the most come. Like, if you sit down and listen to what I do for an hour a week, that's a bigger deal than clicking on a Facebook post or going to needlessthingspodcast.com or whatever. So, you guys are going to hear this first, even before I put it up on the page, uh, the Facebook page. The Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show is done. Some few of you know this, those of you who work directly with the show. Uh, most people do not know this. And it it makes me sad, but at the same time, uh, I I never thought it would go on forever, and yet I also kind of did. Uh, the reason it is over, ever first of all, everything is amicable. There was no drama. Uh, there was no blow-up or flare-up or, or falling apart of anything. It was just something that was kind of in the cards for a little while. Uh, Dana said that she just didn't think she had another one in her. And... If you know the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, then you know we show up where we can and we deal with the things that we have to deal with. And it's not, you know, it's not a TV studio. It's not, it's not ever ideal conditions. And sometimes they're better than others. But, uh, you know, we, we have to deal with a lot of adversity to do the show the way that we do the show. And she basically, and I'm not going to speak for her here, I'll just say uh, she did as much as, as she wanted to do with the show, and I understand that, and everything is cool, and we talked about it, and it's fine. Uh, and I had always said that I would never do the show without her, and I meant that. The, the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show is officially, I, I guess officially as of today, is no more. Uh, thank you everybody who ever supported it in any way, whether you bought a t-shirt, all three of you, uh, or came out to see us, or whatever. We, we had a great time. We had a whole lot of fun. We did some crazy things. Uh, we took it further than I ever imagined we would take it. You know, last year in that massive ballroom in front of, what, 500-plus people, I think, I, I never imagined anything like that when I, I first asked Dana to do this. And I guess for a little backstory, maybe to reflect a little bit, you have to go back to 2014, uh, the beginning of the year, when I had just sort of gotten to be 
friendly with uh, Dana and and with La Sexoflex. I was a huge fan. Uh, They were the uh, second or third episode of the podcast, and I I just loved them. And I still, to this day, don't understand how I got up the nerve to ask Dana if she wanted to be the co-host of a dirty game show with me. But I did, and she did. And from there, things just started happening. Uh, In the beginning, it was just the two of us. Uh, We brought in a friend of hers named Ruben to be Sexy Wolverine. Uh, We brought in a mutual friend, Linnea, to, to help out later on. But essentially, in the beginning, it was just me and Dana with some dirty stories and some silly games. And the very first Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show show was August 5th, 2014 at the Red Light Cafe in Atlanta. It was our run-through for Dragon Con for that year. And it was a lot of fun. Basically, only a few of our friends showed up. It's not like we drew a big crowd, but the main thing was to do a run-through in preparation for Dragon Con uh, just a few weeks later. And we we got what we needed out of it. Uh, we we tightened up some of the games as a result, and we everybody there had a blast. We were invited back, which I feel kind of bad that I've never gone back to the red light uh, to do anything since then. But I mean, we had a great time. The people that were there had fun. The people working there had fun, and we knew we had hit on something with a lot of potential. Uh, and then that year at Dragon Con, we went and in the classics track, in the track room, uh, did the best that we could. We faced audio challenges. We faced all kinds of, again, that that adversity comes into play. But we showed up. We did it. Uh, we, we had no audio. We talked without microphones the whole time. We had none of our music or anything. But we put on a game show and everybody had a great time, and uh, it it was agreed. I mean, we packed that room out, and it was it was magic. Uh, and then the next year, we did it again. The year after that, we got a ballroom. The year after that, we got a bigger ballroom, which which was last year. Uh, and it's funny because I feel like. I feel like we've been doing it for so long, and yet I feel like we just started doing it. But we, 2014, 15, 16, 17 at Dragon Con, uh, 2018 at Days of the Dead, and as as it will be, that Days of the Dead performance, which I think was one of our most fun shows, uh, was also the final Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show show. Uh, and if you guys haven't picked up on it yet, this this episode... I haven't done anything like this in a while. This is just me. Originally, this was going to be something else, and then it was going to be a Momocon interview that I've got that'll be going up in May, uh, and then it was going to be something else entirely, and I've just decided that there are enough things for me to discuss, for me to do one of these episodes where I just sit and talk to you guys for a little while, and it's been a long time since I've done one of these, but there's some stuff that I, I want to cover that's great. There's some stuff like this game show situation. Uh, that's not a situation. That's not the right word. That's too dramatic. Uh, like what's happening here that I want to share and let you guys in on. 
because you're all part of the family. You're all part of what goes on here. You're all part of Needless Things, Phantom Troublemaker, Dave West, whatever. Uh, you're along for the ride, and you should know, you know, what's up. I, I want you to know first. So, so that's what's up. Uh, the, as the game show went on, we realized we wanted bigger and better. Uh, we recruited our pal Red Ranger to make some actual digital games that we could project up on a screen. And, you know, that was pure luck that I met that guy at Toylanta or, or the Great Atlanta Toy Convention slash Joe Lanta at the time. And that we had had mutual acquaintances for years but had never met and just got to talking. And, and originally, the deal was he was going to revamp the Needless Things website. That was the original plan for our Code Monkey Red Ranger. <laughs> As you can see, if you go to needlessthingspodcast.com, that never quite came to fruition. But that's okay because he has done, and you'll have to pardon my occasional sips here, I'm having the rare adult beverage, the, the rare post-night shift adult beverage because I needed a little something to lubricate my mind to get this show on the road as it were uh but rad ranger came on board to help develop these games that i i had in my head that dana and i came up with together and the process of creating with dana swanson is one of the greatest things I've ever done. Uh, I can't tell you enough how in awe of Dana I am. I, I've said this before. I've told her this before that she is truly one of my heroes. Uh, she is so funny and so smart and so warm and so caring. Uh, she opened me up to so many things, not just performance wise, not just comedy wise, uh, but she is. We're, we're, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but we're, we're in different areas of the political spectrum. And because of knowing her, uh, my, my heart opened up to a lot of things that I would have dismissed before. And, uh, you know, I was, I was never a, a right wing nutbag, but, and, and I'm not now. Uh, a pinko liberal but because of her conviction and the the pure depth of how much she really cares about this world and about people uh there are things that i couldn't dismiss or, or that i can no longer dismiss that you know at one point i i would have because i've seen what it means to be somebody who truly cares and it's it's amazing it's amazing to talk to someone like that and i think if we could all talk a little bit more uh then maybe we could get a little more lined up but anyway uh dana's a genius she's brilliant and creating with her was this amazing process because you know i have my ideas of what's funny and 
she has her ideas of what's funny and a lot of times they line up and when we would meet in the middle is when the magic would happen you know i i would come up with something and say you know here's here's my rough here's my rough giant stone of of a funny thing that might plonk people on the head and then she would come in and say well yeah that's funny if it's done this way but but what if what if we do this with it what if instead of being that raw we present it this way we we just had such a good chemistry uh there was no competition whatsoever it was very very collaborative and mutually appreciative i think that we both recognized each other's strengths and contributions and we had so many conversations that were oh yeah that's exactly what i thought oh yeah yeah no that's we're on the same page we're that's where it is uh, never never uh we, we were never at cross purposes we both shared i think the same vision for the game show and for what we wanted to accomplish with the game show and uh i'm i'm as much as i recognize it was time for the game show for for the dirty dirty con con game game show show to end uh it makes me sad because i'm at a point in my life where because of my work schedule uh and and you know family and and whatever else a lot of my friendships are based on being able to work i guess if you want to call needless things and phantom troublemaker and and whatever else i do work but a lot of my relationships are based around getting things done in that arena. Uh, I hang out with my friends for needless commentaries. Um, I talk to them over Skype for, uh, you know, 80s revivals or wrestling commentaries or, or whatever the case may be, just because that's what time demands uh when when you alternate days and nights on 12-hour shifts like i do your time is rare so i have to combine things i have to combine my my social time with my phantom time so to speak and uh it's it's not great it's not a great way to socialize but you've got to be expedient you've got to be efficient and uh you've got to get it in where you can and that's where i can and and what makes me sad is not working with dana anymore means you know i don't know when i'm gonna see her again uh you know we don't run in the same circles we don't do the same things uh i I don't really ever make it out to dad's garage uh or, or downtown at all that much and uh, this you know i I may not see her again i may talk to her 
I'll, I'll certainly talk to her online, but sort of basking in, in the glow of her talent and having the privilege and the honor of being part of the shining star that she is was was just absolutely wonderful for the past four years i've i've been able to work with and learn from one of the greatest talents i've ever known and that and now that you know has has basically come to a close but we have to move on we have to keep going we have to keep doing the other things that we do uh, and, and we will. We absolutely will. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the game show. So I, I got shirts made, as as most of you probably know, uh, because at some point you had to skip past a post where I was trying to sell them. I still love the shirts. Uh, they didn't turn out like I wanted. The blues were supposed to be bluer. The pinks were supposed to be pinker. I got it done through a friend of a friend because I thought it was going to be a deal. It turned out to really not be that much of a deal, and the shirts uh, didn't turn out like I wanted, which is honestly a pretty good encapsulation of everything that I've ever done. And I'm not uh, that's that's not a a cranky pants boo boo face thing. It's just a fact. Nothing ever goes how you want it to go. Uh, and I will say the actual performances of the game show, in every single instance, uh, despite the problems we had to deal with, I think went about as well as they possibly could have gone, and I'm so proud that we accomplished them. But in most cases, nothing works out like you want it to work out, and and you have to deal with whatever the thing is that didn't work. And that's these uh, these T-shirts were that. The pink was supposed to be hot, bright pink, and it ended up being this like Pepto-Bismol pink that nobody likes. Uh, the blue was supposed to be like an electric neon blue, and instead it's it's kind of a 78 Chevette blue. Not very exciting to look at. Uh, and I, I sunk a lot of money into those shirts because, like I said, it wasn't the deal I thought it would be. Uh, but, you know, that was that was one of the things that happened. Uh, one year we were – well, the year we were that I uh, got the shirts – I was under the impression... Well, I wasn't under the impression. I assumed that we would be able to bring them to Dragon Con and sell them and found out at the last minute that Dragon Con does not allow that. And I understand because Dragon Con has artists and writers and people that pay to have tables to sell merchandise at Dragon Con. Now, my assumption had been, well, we're putting on a game show. Obviously. Excuse me. Obviously, we're not getting paid anything. So we're putting in hours and hours and hours, dozens of hours of work for this game show, this big production, this big entertainment to provide uh, a, a block of programming for Dragon Con to, for, at no cost to them, to significant cost to those of us putting it on. So it didn't seem unreasonable to me that we might have the opportunity to recoup some of our expenses by selling these shirts. Uh, but I was told straight up, absolutely not period. Uh, and if you bring it up again, we will cancel the game show, uh, which is something that I ran into a few times with, uh, various things that the, the game show 
was in danger of being canceled. Uh, whether it was our social media presence being too filthy for what Dragon Con is trying to achieve now. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail because I do still love Dragon Con. I do still appreciate the opportunity to perform there. And I 100% understand their motivations behind every trial they threw my way. Uh, and and in the end, as far as the game show went, we were allowed to do whatever crazy thing we wanted to do. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I have no complaints there. But I did get stuck with, you know, 60 t-shirts that I couldn't get rid of. And they're gone now, though. We finally did get rid of the last of them. I can't remember. I think maybe we threw them out at Days of the Dead. I think I had a few left there, and we just tossed them out to the audience or something, or threw them in the prize packs. I don't remember what it was. Uh, but to get back to our recruiting of people, so Dana and I start the thing off. Red Ranger comes on board to make some digital games, and our pal Oz, who somehow or other heard about the game show the year that he was not able to make it to Dragon Con. Look, I didn't even know Oz prior to the year that he missed Dragon Con because he fell off a, like, 30-foot ladder and shattered his entire body into jello. Uh, so he's he's in a hospital bed, basically a pile of pudding with an Oz face, and this thing starts, take Oz to Dragon Con. And actually, right now in front of me, I still have my laminated Oz head because this Facebook group got started because everybody loves Oz. And do you know why? Because Oz is one of the most wonderful people that's ever been put on this planet. Uh, I don't know that I've ever met anybody as as fun, laid back, and just great to be around and giving as Charles Oz Dillman, or as you may know him, uh, Popeye the Sailor Moon. But they sent out this picture of Oz's face, and people printed it out. I printed mine out and laminated it, life-size, brought it to Dragon Con, got a few pictures taken, and, you know, just ended up talking to him on Facebook. And he's like, well, I want to do something for the game show. And I said, well, sure, you can do something for the game show. So the next year, uh, we've got Oz building props for the game show, uh, being part of it. And... We also had to get volunteers because once we moved into the ballroom, uh, we you know I've I've got to mention Needless Beth. Uh, you, you all know her. You read her stuff on NeedlessThingsPodcast dot com every other Tuesday, and Beth comes out to the game show, helps us set up. Then we get Rebecca, Rebecca, because we need another person to sort of uh, direct the volunteers because we have a whole group of volunteers who are all wonderful and we've turned into this big production you know we've gone from literally me and dana and like two other people to a production of 20 plus people in a 500 plus person capacity ballroom over the space of four years at dragon con it's mind-blowing it's crazy uh and it's as I said, it's beyond what I dreamed of when I first asked Dana if she would do this thing with me. Uh, and, and while I'm sad, I'm also honored and thrilled and delighted that everything went down 
the way that it went down. And uh, that's, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I have anything else to say about it right now. I just wanted you guys to know that it is done. Uh, and, and I'm okay with it. We, I think we accomplished as much as we could accomplish. What are we going to do? Go to a bigger ballroom? Uh, you know, there's, there's only, there's only so much you can do at conventions with something like that. I mean, do we just keep doing it at conventions and go nowhere? You know, I, I, I I'm very proud of what we accomplished and I think we, we hit a level that should be admired by anybody who's ever done anything along those lines performance wise. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine anybody would look at it and say, well, they, they really didn't do this. No, we, we did it all. We kicked ass and we took names. We blew minds. And every single year we got bigger and better because Dragon Con had no choice but to give us more and give us more and give us more. And and that is working the system to get what you want. And, and it's amazing that we were able to accomplish that. Uh, thank you, Dana. I love you. Thank you, Red Ranger. I love you. Thank you, Oz. I love you. Thank you, every single volunteer that has helped us. I love you. Every single person who came out to one of the game shows, I love you guys. I love you so much for being part of this very, very special thing that we all worked and loved and put together. So there you go. Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. Um, 2014 to 2018, raise your glass, drink a toast, and uh, enjoy the memories. All right, so that's that's number one on my list that I wanted to talk about. Number two on my list is also somewhat dirty. Uh, some of you may know that I interviewed Missy Suicide, who started the Suicide Girls website uh, a few weeks ago on the show. And two weeks ago, I attended the Suicide Girls Blackheart Burlesque show uh, with Mrs. Troublemaker. And I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. This this was a big deal because me and the missus don't get to go out a whole lot. We've got a 10-year-old son. We don't know a lot of child care people. Uh, so us having the opportunity to get out for a night is a rare thing. But fortunately... Our niece was able to stay with Phantom Jr. I had booked a room at the lovely, lovely, lovely Artmore Hotel in downtown Atlanta. Now, this is just like a block over from Center Stage, which is where the Black Heart Burlesque show was taking place. And I, I booked it online purely just by this place looks cool which if you know as as we all know can be sheerest folly as we discovered when we booked a hotel in helen sight unseen but the place seemed neat the reviews seemed good enough and i was like you know what we're going to do this i'm going to book this hotel we're going to stay there we're going to have a great night uh we're going to have some grown-up fun and there we go so that's what we did uh the niece came over 
to stay with Phantom Jr., we headed downtown, uh, checked into the Artmore, and the staff was absolutely wonderful. The Artmore is awesome. I want to go back there and stay again. Uh, the room that we were in was actually a two-story suite with a downstairs kitchen, and then upstairs was a bedroom, a, a huge, well, I say huge bathroom. It was this, like, weird hallway Clearly, these were apartments or condos or something at one point because there was the shower. It was like this long bathroom with the toilet, the sink, the shower, a hallway, and then what's probably a laundry room at the end. Although I sent uh, our pals Oz and Wilson a message telling them it was their GIMP storage facility and that they were welcome to come and stay in it. Uh, And then there was a little office area and then the master bedroom, and then a huge closet that uh, somebody else could have easily slept in the night. So this, I mean, this, uh, compared to my other hotel experiences, this place was giant and luxurious. Uh, and it, it was, it's it's rustic. It was well-kept, but it's old. It's an old place, very clearly. But uh, whatever, you've got, it's got character, and it's really, really cool. The thermostat in the room worked. Uh, the The only issue I really had was their skylights, and there's a slanted ceiling that I bumped my head on a couple of times once I started drinking, so that wasn't the best. Uh, and speaking of drinking, I had an irresponsible night. We got down there at like 4 o'clock maybe, checked into the hotel, and I started. we went straight to the hotel bar and had a couple of drinks. Now, I had a plan. I had brought a bottle of Captain Morgan, uh, my favorite non-fireball liquor, and I was going to stick to rum all night because I know from past experience when I mix things up too much that I can have a bad time. So I was going to stick to Captain Morgan, but we went to the bar, and I always like to kick things off with a, a fancy drink, and they had something, some kind of peach something or other and i was like oh i'll have one of those if you can put a little umbrella in it too that'd be super a couple of fruit garnishes would be even better uh so they they give me this peach whatever it is and it's great and i was like well let me have another one of those had another one of those and we then we went and uh peach tree no oh gosh atlantic station atlantic station is a sort of shopping area that is within a mile of that place so we went over to atlantic station with the intent of kind of walking around but i had forgotten that there's nothing to do over there so we went over there and there's nothing to do and we kind of walked around too much and then took too long to get to uh we wanted to eat at the the irish restaurant down there that i can't remember the name of right now uh that's also near dragon con uh and we couldn't get a table and then the kitchen was busy and we couldn't get food and there was all kinds of food bullshit with like well now we need to eat now well the show's at this time if we if we don't eat before then it's going to be too late when we eat like there were there were scheduling snafus basically because of the time that we'd had to go down there and because of the time that we had to go to the show it it basically what happened is i ended up drinking way too much and not eating enough and at the end of the night did not go like I wanted it to go, if you know what I mean. But before we got to the point of my complete and utter failure to uh, 
accomplish the things that I'd wanted to accomplish. We did manage to get to the Blackheart Burlesque show. Uh, we both got fancied up, did not get any pictures because I'm a complete dum dumb of the both of us. Um, but we we went over to center stage, got our passes because I had done the interview with Missy Suicide. I, I was on the guest list. I, I would just like to say, on the guest list for Suicide Girls Blackheart Burlesque, one of the few benefits I have ever achieved from my interviewing, blogging, podcasting career. So, wonderful job there. Very proud of myself for that one. So we get into center stage, and at that at that point, I think I was sticking to rum and Diet Coke, which was my planned beverage for the night. And I had even brought Diet Cokes down to put in the hotel room refrigerator. Like, I had I had planned, and I didn't stick to my plan. Oh, yeah, and that was the other thing. Meehan's, Meehan's Irish Pub was the place we went in Atlantic Station. And I had a couple of snake bites there, which was dumb, because that's even different things from the peach bullshit that I had at the hotel bar to, to mess up my system. Uh, but Black Heart Burlesque, we get a couple of drinks, we go in, we sit down, the show starts. Uh, it is hosted by, uh, on, on Instagram, she's Lindsay Jennings. I think she might be Jennings Suicide. She did a great job. I will tell you guys something about myself right now that is perhaps not flattering, but it's it's the reality of my life. Here's what I do when I go to a thing and see somebody performing as an MC or a host or, or a Q&A person or whatever, any kind of moderator type deal. I sit back and I judge them. And 80, 85% of the time, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I would be doing a much better job at this. And, and I'll tell you guys... I honestly feel like I'm right. I see a lot of lousy MCs out there. It's just a fact. Uh, I I don't. I guess it's somebody's friend, uh, but a lot of people who don't have the talent or credentials to be MCs are doing the job. Uh, I did not feel this way at the Blackheart Burlesque show. Lindsay Jennings came out. She did some stand-up. She told some jokes. She started the show. She came out between every act and did some bits. Uh, she showed her ass, which was delightful. I personally would not have gotten that over as well. I don't think anybody would appreciate it if I showed my ass. Uh, but she was she was great. And then when the show started, the first act started... It was awesome. Now, I, as I mentioned on the Missy Suicide episode, uh, I saw the uh, sort of fetal form of the Black Harper Less show before it was called that, and it was it was kind of just some nerd girls that came out and did did some performances, and they were cool, but this was a whole other level. Uh, my wife recognized one of the main girls, uh, I believe Nikki Bricks, said she is a actually a professional choreographer for, I guess, music videos and stuff. But anyway, Mrs. Troublemaker was familiar with her and was like really impressed that she was there. And uh, they were just 
a bunch of awesome acts. The first one, they came out in those Kugurumi. What are these little animal suits that the kids are wearing nowadays? The the big animal suits. They came out in those, were dancing around, uh, and then stripped down. Which, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you know right now, every act involved, they came out in a costume and took it off. Which, quite frankly, there's no better show, in my opinion, than a bunch of hot ladies coming out in costumes and removing them. I mean, what what more is there in life? Um, the, I'm trying to remember the names as I'm going through the pictures here because I obviously took a lot of pictures. Uh, Cleodora was uh, one of the dancers who was incredibly flexible, like almost obscenely so. Like some of the stuff she was doing, she she could make herself into an S with an umlaut over it. I, I could almost swear. Uh, but some of the acts were just awesome. They had an Adventure Time act. Uh, they had, I am zipping through again, a Donnie Darko act. Uh, not my thing, but, oh, the Donnie Darko was Cleodora because I've got a picture right here of her on a chair with one leg uh, bent up in the air and the other one touching the back of her head, and she's balancing on a chair while doing this. It's ridiculous. The, this girl's... Uh, flexibility and athleticism is insane uh there was a fan dance they did a bit where they brought somebody up out of the vip section and put him in a chair and had his significant other come up on stage and kind of be trained by one of the girls to do a lap dance Uh, it was really funny and and uh the whole time jennings is talking along and doing doing shtick and doing like a lot of improv stuff like you could tell there were some bits that were part of every single show there were other bits that she was tailoring to the atlanta crowd depending on like she knew how to work the crowd and as you guys may know if you've heard me talk about how awesome i am before i feel like one of my talents is knowing how to work a crowd and she definitely had this so she was a great mc for this event uh they had a stranger things bit that was awesome. Uh, once again, came out in the radiation suits and lost the radiation suits. Uh, they did... Uh, I'm not going to run through every single thing here, but I'll just say that it was an awesome night. It was a lot of fun. And these girls are amazing. The coordination, uh, just the acts and how much fun it was. It, and it's not like it was you know synchronized swimming it wasn't perfect doing the exact same thing the exact same time but there was so much energy so much enthusiasm and they were having so much fun that it was infectious and that's that's something again if you've ever heard me pontificate on entertainment if you're having fun doing what you're doing that infects the crowd uh and and we talked about this a lot actually with the game show that it was more important for us to be into it and having fun and believing, loving what we were doing than for everything to happen perfectly. Because the audience gets swept up in your enthusiasm much more so than they'll get swept up in any kind of precision. Uh, oh, one of my favorite bits was a, they did a Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and I cannot remember uh, the performer's name, but that was tremendous. There was a Star Trek bid. I mean, it was just awesome. If you guys, if 
Blackheart Burlesque comes through your town. And it will, because fall dates are already getting ready to go on sale, if they're not already on sale. So even if they've already hit like Atlanta, they're back in September or October or something. So you need to go. Uh, Unless you're a prude. If you're a prude, don't go. Definitely. But if you like fun, uh, it's, it's worth your while. It's worth your while. I know... I I imagine some of you have some preconceived notions about what Suicide Girls, a show, might be, but you don't know how much fun it is. You really don't. Uh, And honestly, I'll tell you, depending on what, I don't know how much the VIP is, but it might be worth your money even to do the VIP thing. Uh, If you're going to go, get because those people were on the floor, they were right up front, they they got to interact a little bit more, uh, and if we win again, uh, you know I doubt that I would be swinging free passes again. If we were going to go again, I would go ahead and shell out for the VIP and do the full experience and have fun, and also not mix my liquors beforehand. So we stayed through Black Heart Burlesque. We had a great time. We both thoroughly enjoyed it. We headed back over to the hotel, and we're both really really hungry at this point. Uh, as we're leaving center stage and everybody at center stage is super nice. It was really weird. All the staff there, the security, everybody were really nice. Cause we ended up talking to a few different people, the bartender, uh, the person at the door that checked our IDs. As we were leaving, we asked somebody about a good place to eat and, uh, they were just great. And they recommended a pizza place that was like two blocks up. It was one block past the hotel where we were staying. And we decided we would order pizza and get it at the bar down at the hotel uh, I went back to the room to change because I was, like I said, we dressed up nice because I just, I like, I like wearing a suit. I like looking good, but it was time to get out of the suit. I went upstairs, I changed clothes, and that was when it hit me. Now, I don't know how big a drinker you guys are. I would assume that if you're a Needless Things podcast listener, then you have had a beverage from time to time. I don't know. I don't want to make judgments about you, but I'm thinking most people that listen to this show on the reg are not teetotalers. Every once in a while, you find yourself in a drinking situation where you somehow get a preemptive hangover. This is what happened to me the night of the Blackheart Burlesque show, the night that was supposed to be grown-up fun time. I went back to the room to change, and that ice pick slowly started working its way into the back of my head. And I knew what was happening, and there's nothing you can do about it. I started drinking water, but it's too late. By the time you feel the ice pick, it's too damn late. Uh, so I changed, I start drinking water. I went back down to the bar to pay for the pizza. I got there just in time to pay for the pizza. We had a little bit of pizza. I was like, maybe if I get some food in me and I keep drinking this water, this headache will go away. It just kept getting worse. You guys know if this has happened to you, you know, it's too late. There's nothing you can do. We go back to the room. Headache is getting worse and worse and worse. I take a shower, uh, And I'm not going to go any further 
because you don't need to know what kind of attempts were made to draw me out of this preemptive hangover misery. But suffice it to say, every effort was made to keep me from laying face down on the bed, essentially in tears from the pathetic, pathetic pain in my head. And nothing could shake me out of it because it was too damn late. So I foolishly went beyond my limits. I take full responsibility and I have done this uh, in front of Mrs. Troublemaker, Ryan Cadaver, and Battle Cougar. I claim full responsibility for fucking up that night. Completely and totally my fault, and I owe Mrs. Troublemaker uh, some sort of actual nice night. I should probably just do dishes for like a month. That's that's going to... She would love that more than anything that my filthy mind could think up as a reward. Uh, but anyway, that's what went down there. So, on the record, Dave West slash Phantom Troublemaker, massive failure. Suicide Black Suicide Girls Blackheart Burlesque, massive success. That's that's how that night went down in the win loss column. Uh, so yeah, maybe we'll go to the one in September, and maybe I'll freaking control myself and not be an idiot with the liquor. Uh, the next thing that I want to talk about, and you may have read about it on needlessthingspodcast.com is the very next night going to see weird Al Yankovic. Now the night of, uh, black heart burlesque, we, we went back to the hotel room and I whimpered and cried and, and was a big weenie until like three or four o'clock in the morning. I finally was able to, the, the, the headache, finally went away i was able to get some sleep and we were back home in the phantom zone around like noonish probably which worked out really really well because i had purchased vip passes a vip meet and greet passes for myself and for phantom jr for weird al yankovic now if you are not familiar with the current weird al tour it is the uh, ill-advised self-indulgent uh, vanity tour I think is what it's called and he is playing deep cuts and songs that he doesn't ever play live and basically just doing whatever he wants no costumes no videos just him and the band up on the stage I knew this was not the best scenario for Phantom Jr but I have loved Weird Al for over three decades now I want to meet him I want my son to meet him and I want us to have this moment together before uh, let's just say nobody's getting any young none of my heroes are getting any younger and Phantom Jr I feel and look maybe we'll will escape the teenage years unscathed, but I'm realistic about how things go down. I remember what happened with me and my parents, and I want to get in as many awesome father-son memories as I can before he decides he wants to play football or baseball or some bullshit, which I don't think is really going to happen, but 
you know the sort of thing of which I speak. My my years in which to take him to do things like meeting Weird Al and being assured that it's going to be a cool experience are dwindling. And I'm aware of that. So we were going down there early because part of the VIP package was a pre-show that was a uh, Weird Al Jeopardy game show. I knew that it wasn't the best idea to bring a 10-year-old down to the tabernacle in Atlanta for potentially five hours of anything, let alone a game show and a Weird Al concert that may not be exactly the Weird Al concert that he wants. Because his, his first big live concert was Weird Al on the Mandatory Fun Tour with the costumes, with the videos. And he had an amazing time. And, and it's, it's one of our favorite memories that we have together. So I kind of knew this one was an iffy situation. But I really, like I said, meeting Al together was just something I wanted so bad. And I paid an enormous shit ton of money for these tickets. So I wanted to take advantage of everything they were offering. And also... I don't know if I overlooked that the meet and greet was after the show or if it was not initially stated at that time that it was, but I didn't realize the meet and greet was after the show. So I wanted to be sure we got there plenty of time. Where I'm going with this is uh, Phantom Jr., my son, was absolutely amazing the entire night. We arrived at the Tabernacle at 6.15, we left just after midnight, and he kept his shit together all night long, uh, including the game show, which was, to me, a lot of fun as someone who hosts a game show, as someone who used to know a lot of Weird Al trivia. I enjoyed watching it, but for my 10-year-old son, that probably wasn't all that entertaining. But he hung in there. He was cool. We went down and I spent a shit ton of money on merch because they had some cool stuff there. And uh, we both wanted Weird Al action figures. We both wanted a t-shirt. Actually, if I'm being honest, I talked him into getting uh, the the t-shirt that he got. But it it was all about the experience. It was all about going down there and sharing this Weird Al experience that regardless of how much his 10-year-old self enjoyed it and he's told me he's glad he went and he 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 means it. Uh he doesn't he doesn't bullshit me about things like that. Uh you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, he's going to look back on that and it's going to be one of those really special times and, and I'm so glad we did it. Uh but he's cool through the game show. We went up to the 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 upstairs bar in the Tabernacle cuz they've got couches up there and I downloaded the Marvel, some kind of Marvel fighting game and just handed in my phone. And he sat and chilled and played that for like the 45 minutes we had to wait until eight o'clock. Uh, Emo Phillips was the opening act, which I had completely forgotten somehow. I, in my head all day long and granted, you got to remember, I had my stupid idiot hangover the night before got home rested was just thinking about timing and everything and we got down there 
And at 8 o'clock, I'm like, all right, or 7.50 maybe. I was like, all right, we should go to our seats because the show starts at 8. We sit down in our seats. The guy comes out on the stage, and he's like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've got an announcement. Da, 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 da. And uh, before I introduce our opening act, and as soon as he said opening act, in my brain I was like, oh, fuck. Because by this time, I knew obviously I knew the meet and greet was after Weird Al's performance. So in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh. All right, so... The show starts at 8. He's probably going to do about an hour and a half. Maybe we can get out of here by 10.30 or 11 if we're lucky. And then realizing that Emo is going to go on for half an hour, which is great. Half an hour, not too bad. But then that puts us to getting out, if we're lucky, before midnight. Uh, Just the, the time frame is really going bad here. And the thing is, it's a Sunday night, so... Phantom Jr. has school the next morning, but even worse, I'm supposed to work the next morning, which means I have to be up at 3.30 in the morning. Pausing for a sip here. As you can tell, my my voice is getting a little dry. I'm going to have to wind this thing down soon because I'm running out of steam, you guys. Uh, So, Emo comes out, and Emo Phillips is genius. There, there's no disputing that whatsoever. His presentation is amazing. He's brilliant with his particular brand of anticlimax and his twists and turns that he takes with his jokes. But he is not a comic that plays to 10-year-olds, or at least not modern 10-year-olds. And he's got some material that I honestly didn't find particularly appropriate for family uh, functions, which... You know, it was made clear that this was a different kind of Weird Al show. Uh, there were not a lot of kids in attendance, but the, some of Emo's jokes I could have done without, I'll be honest. I didn't put this in my write-up because you'd be amazed at who reads your stuff when it's Googleable. If you will recall, Joey Belladonna from Anthrax read my write-up about Anthrax at one point and, like, knew who I was when I showed up for that meet-and-greet. So... I didn't want to write anything too negative about emo online, but I will say uh, I didn't care for a bunch of his jokes. And he's, like I said, he's brilliant. His delivery is great. Uh, he's a master of what he's doing, but uh, it's 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 not my thing. I did love the fact that he was dressed like the first doctor, though. That was a lot of fun. So we got through emo. Fortunately, they did not wait till nine o'clock for Al to start. Al started before nine o'clock, and the show was incredible. I wouldn't have put that set list together myself, but it didn't matter because the point was that we were seeing what Al wanted to do. And when you love an artist as much as I love Weird Al Yankovic, it it doesn't become about, in a situation like that, it's not about what you want. It's about seeing the artist being true to themselves doing a thing that they want to do and loving the performance that they're putting on. And, and it was so special and so magical. And even, even the songs I could have done without like Jackson park express, which went on for ever. Uh, it was still a privilege to see those songs performed live in that way. And I'll, I will treasure it for the rest of my life. Uh, it was so special and so wonderful. Uh, and also, I, I got to see Dog Eat Dog. 
I got to see Mr. Propeal live, which are two songs I, I had not seen performed before and did not expect to see performed. Uh, it was it was just great, and also to see Al just rocking out uh, with his band was so cool. And, and you got to think about the fact that oh man, there goes the voice. You got to think about the fact that this band has been with Al basically since the beginning. These guys have been together since the late 80s playing this music so how much do they love each other how much do they love doing this and we got to see it in its purest form no costumes uh no videos no breaks between songs literally just a rock band playing rock and that was the other cool thing uh they opened with dare to be stupid but a like bluesy version of dare to be stupid every all of the songs were a little bit different. Everything happened a little bit differently. Uh, at the end, he did a medley of, of his covers, but none of them were played to the tune of the original song. As a matter of fact, he opened, he started that medley with Eat It, played to the tune of Layla, which I swear I've heard before. You guys help me out if you know that that's happened somewhere before. Uh, just absolutely amazing. A, a wonderful, wonderful experience from beginning to end. After the show, we were herded upstairs to the balcony of the tabernacle to wait to meet Al. And I apologize if at this point in the recording you hear something clicking around in my mouth. I've got a lozenge in now to try and take care of this hoarseness that seems to be developing after talking for an uninterrupted hour into this microphone. There it is. Clickety-clack. I apologize. Lozenge. I might have to get rid of the lozenge. Uh, there it goes. So we go upstairs. We wait. And it's 11 o'clock at night when we get seated in the area to wait to meet Al. I call Mrs. Troublemaker. Tell her what's up. She says it's no big deal. Uh, there's no testing or anything tomorrow. If he goes in a little bit tardy it's okay. Then I call my job. Now my job is 24 seven. Somebody has to be doing what I do. So we don't get to call in and say, I'm not going to be in today because if we do that, somebody has to go in and cover that 12 hour shift. It's not just a matter of I'll come back in tomorrow and make up my lost time. It doesn't work like that. Fortunately, uh, the way that the shift worked out, there was a guy that was going to be there extra, and I was able to use some of my, we have paid time off now. We no longer have sick time or vacation time. Everything is paid time off, and we have a certain amount of it. And I was able to use some of my paid time off to just not go in on Monday. And I know some of you will be like, oh, you just skipped work, but I didn't. I lost 12 hours of my future time off in order to take that day off because the meet and greet was so late, but there was no way in hell I was going to miss it. So 11 o'clock we're up there. We're waiting. They're moving things along pretty well. We finally get in to the little room. The guy that's in charge says, have your cameras ready, have your phone open with the camera app open, ready to go. We get up there. I hand him my phone. He says, okay, are we doing a group picture? And I said, well, what we're going to do 
is we're going to get one picture with me and with my son, and then we're going to get another picture with just me. And he says, well, we'll do the one picture with you and your son. And I said, no. We paid for two pictures, and we're getting two pictures. And he said, that's fair. Now, here's the deal with that. Uh, From the beginning of the night, they had been trying to suggest to everyone, hey, just if you want to do a group picture, do a group picture, just let us know. Just throwing it out there like that. My cynical mind, trained by Pappy Troublemaker to uh, detect people trying to get one over on you. And this that's not what this was. I hate to put it that way. But at the same time, it was because what this guy was doing was trying to speed things up. He was trying to preserve Al's energy because Al just played a show and he's going to be cool. He's going to sign everybody's stuff. He's going to talk to everybody. He's going to get pictures with everybody. But also, if we can uh, minimize that time in any way, that's great. Uh, And he also wants to get everybody through the line. They sold 150 of these meet and greets. They sold it out. They maxed it out. But 150 people, that's crazy. I, I never expected there to be that many people up there, but there were. So this guy is, you know, if there are four or five of you and you want to do a group shot, we'll just do that. That's fine. But to me, that's crazy. And I saw this. I say five because I saw five people do one group shot and then walk away. And that means they threw, let's just say that the portion of your VIP meet and greet ticket that you purchased let's say the photo is 50 bucks of it five people they they amongst them threw 200 dollars out the window by doing one group picture with al uh and i'm i'm not going for that as hall and oates said i can't go for that no so but the guy when i confronted him pardon my my snorting my my sinuses and everything are just falling the hell apart here because i don't talk this long ever uh but when i you know when i said he was like up oh, fair enough no problem so i handed my camera we go in and al looks up at me and my son and i have not mentioned at this point that uh, my son and i are both wearing suits from opposuits.com i am wearing the 90s I think it's called, it might even be called the Fresh Prince. Uh, And my son is wearing the R2-D2 suit that you might have seen on the 200th episode of the Needless Things podcast, worn by our good friend Jay Hornsby, the belligerent monkey. So I'm in the Fresh Prince. My son's in the R2-D2. Al looks up at us and says, whoa, hang on. I just need a minute to take this in. And just sits back with his arms out looking at us. And we have blown Weird Al's mind. And that is another thing that you guys know I have talked about again and again on the website and on the podcast, that you dress for the occasion. If you're getting up on stage, you better be dressed like you're demanding attention, like you deserve to be up on a stage. If you're meeting somebody like Weird Al Yankovic, you dress like somebody that wants to impress Weird Al Yankovic. You dress for the occasion. If you are doing anything of significance and you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt, you're a fucking shitbag. Sorry, I feel very strongly about this subject, obviously. 
So we walk up in our suits. Weird Al, whoa, gives us an extra minute of his time, says, where did you get those? And I personally am immediately having trouble believing that Weird Al's never heard of Oppa Suits, but he hasn't. So I tell him about Oppa Suits, and I'm like, hey, I host a game show, and I've got a bunch of these. They're great. And he's like, well, wait, 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 wait. Let me. I've got to write this down. So he pulls his phone out, going through his own personal phone, scrolling up to take a note about oppasuits.com. You're welcome, oppasuits.com. And uh, so we get a little bit, a bit of extra time with Al because of the way that we were dressed. We get our pictures taken, and I didn't realize until it was uh, like the next day. Because, you know, you look at the picture that was taken on the phone, and you're like, okay, that looks good. They're all blurry because the guy that was taking the pictures, look, he was doing his job, whatever. I don't want to say anything too bad about him, but he didn't know how to fucking take a picture with a phone because they're all blurry and they look terrible. And I'm especially mad because the one with Phantom Jr., he's like off to the right and blurry. And like uh, when you're looking at it on a phone, it looks fine. But when I blow it up on my computer, it looks like shit. Um, And I'm not happy about it. Uh, I feel like there were some corners that were cut for this extremely expensive VIP experience. But at the same time, we had an amazing time. And like, look, if I, if I never say all this to Phantom Jr., he's never going to know that there were any issues whatsoever. All he knows is he spent a really long, long night waiting to meet Weird Al. And then once he did, it was magic. And it was. Al was tremendous. He was great. Uh, none of this... You know, any issues I had with the evening had nothing to do with him. Uh, And really, even the issues I had were because I'm a picky bastard. Uh, If I were able to just sit back and uh, be appreciative of things in life, then there wouldn't be any problems at all. Except for the blurry pictures. That pissed me off once I realized it. Uh, And it's fresh. It's fresh because it was just the other day that I pulled them up on the computer and I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but anyway, we've got our pictures. We met Al. We have our memories. 20 years from now, when I'm 61 and Phantom Jr.'s 30, we're going to sit back and we're talk about the night we met Weird Al and how great it was. And then we're glad we had that experience together. And that's what matters. That's what I wanted. All right. This is it. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to go as long as I can because, as you can tell, my voice is about to go. But I have to talk about my friends, the Casket Creatures, their new album, and the fact that they put me in the music video for their song, Phantom Zone. Now, granted, that may seem like a bit of a no-brainer, but it's an honor that, one, I was able to do the voiceover to introduce not just the song Phantom Zone on their new album, Return to Wolfton, which is coming out on May the 18th, You'll be able to get it uh, Amazon, iTunes, everywhere. Uh, Return to Wolfton by the Casket Creatures. I do the intro for the album. Oh, pardon my my horking of mucus right there. I'm I'm still getting over something. Yeah, that's something I didn't even talk about. As I went to the doctor the other day, my this look. I'll make it short. My blood is good. I'm a little mucusy. That's the result. So the opening track. I, I can't even tell you. I do the intro to the album that introduces the song Phantom Zone. The Phantom Zone video, you can go right now to the Casket Creatures YouTube channel and watch the video for Phantom Zone starring not only the Casket Creatures, but me, Rad Ranger, and Devlin Valak, 
who writes for NeedlessThingsPodcast.com from time to time and who is a good, good, good friend of the show. I play an intergalactic supervillain version of Phantom Troublemaker in this video. I put together this costume on very little budget, but I had a picture in my head of what I wanted it to be, and it basically came to fruition. It's one of the rare times that, you know, I was talking earlier about how nothing ever turns out like you want. This costume actually turned out better than I wanted, or better than I was envisioning, and was pretty easy to do. I will be wearing it at Dragon Con at some point this year. I'm going to upgrade a couple of pieces, but it's basically going to be this evil phantom troublemaker at Dragon Con. And we shot it at the Paranoia Haunted House, which I got to put them over because they were great. Uh, I didn't have, I didn't talk to him a ton, but I talked to one guy and he was like super, super nice to me and took me directly to where they were shooting the video. It was a real sweet guy. Uh, and, and walking, getting, having the opportunity to walk through the Paranoia Haunted House a bit because we were using it for sets. It looks awesome. Like I really want to go back there for Halloween and experience the place. But, uh, Kevin from the Casket Creatures, Kevin Slayfield shot the video and was very, he was on top of things. He, he knew what he wanted. He knew the scenes that, that needed to be gotten. Uh, when he had a specific idea of something that needed to be done, he got it done. And uh, it was just absolute sheer joy doing that for the few hours that I did. I, I, I immediately, as soon as I was done with my part of it, I called Mrs. Troublemaker and I said, I wish I could do this every day. This is, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. I got to chew some scenery. I got to go way over the top. I got to pretend electrocute Red Ranger, which is one of the, my favorite things I've ever gotten to do. Uh, I got to beat up the casket creatures with the worst karate moves you've ever seen in your life. Seriously, you guys, go right now to YouTube, to the casket creatures channel, watch the Phantom Zone video. It, I'm so... I'm like actually getting a little teary right now just talking about how proud I am to have been part of this. Uh, it, it was amazing. It was so much fun to make, and I can't believe something that I enjoyed so much turned out so awesome. It, it's just and and look, it's it's not uh, it's not Citizen Kane, but it's one of the, it's one of the proudest things of my life to be able to look at that video and know that I was part of it and see myself in it and see the awesome and hear the awesome song. You guys, I'm not even talking about how good the song is because I'll tell you this right now. I can't say anything yet about Return to Wolfton as an album uh, specifically, but I will tell you it is amazing in its entirety. I'm You you know, I'm a fan of the Casket Creatures. I love the Casket Creatures. Um but mostly I've loved them live and their albums have been like, awesome. It's that song. I heard them play live. This is really cool. I love having this, but return to Wolfton is like, uh, I mean, look, I don't want to gush too much. I don't want to get ridiculous, but it, it was almost like the hunter, uh, which is my favorite Mastodon album putting in return to Wolfton. I listened to it four times straight through in in the first day that I had it it was engrossing and it it kicked my ass and moved it along like it's over before you're ready for it to be over there are no tracks that I was like ah, I could do without this one 
it was just it's one of those special albums that from beginning to end is badass and then when it's done you're like oh shit where's the rest of the songs and you realize oh that that was the whole thing holy crap i can't believe that whole album was that good and and i mean that and i look i'm friends with those guys but i don't i also don't bullshit people and i certainly don't bullshit you guys this album is so fucking good the phantom zone video is so much fun i really want you guys to go watch it right now i i had the best time of my life hanging out with those guys and making this crazy goofy ridiculous video for this badass song and uh, i think that's all i've got i don't think i can go any longer i think i'm done i think i'm out of steam so i'm going to cut to our little outro song right now whoo you guys i had to have a lozenge in order just to do this little end part that i do uh i want to thank everybody again who had anything to do with the dirty dirty con con game game show show i love you and i will tell you guys this stay tuned to this area for future news about other stuff i am not done entertaining people obviously unless you just don't find me entertaining in which case i guess i'm probably done entertaining you and and that's okay i'm not for everyone i understand that uh lasexoflex.com the mystery men of surf.com uh red ranger such a lazy man uh casket creatures uh what else who else do i need to put over here anybody who's ever done anything all the volunteers for the game show i love you guys joe and gary from the classics track derek from the horror track um bobby nash mike faber mike gordon uh, mrs troublemaker and phantom jr everybody all of these people have done so much in my life um and of course the one who started the start of this episode, Dana Swanson. Uh, find her at Dad's Garage. Listen to her on Toonami as the voice of Sarah 2.0. Although I think she might be 2.1 by now. I'm not sure. Uh, but an inspiration and a hero and somebody who I'm honored to have worked with. Uh, Needless Beth, Devlin Valak, Jerry. I could go on and on and on. And I probably should, because I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.